Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles and fellow co-host Nate Baranowski is out painting a portrait of Vladimir Putin. But do not fret because we have two very special guests with us this week. Making her third appearance on Movies on the Side for a second Gerard Butler movie is Whitney Robles and another special guest, Jessica Hall. And today we're reviewing the 2004 version of The Phantom of the Opera. We talk about the music, the sets, the costumes, and most importantly, would you choose The Phantom or Raul in the final scenes? All that and more on Movies on the Side. This week we have not one, but two very special guests on the show. One returning guest, my wife, Whitney Robles. Thanks Hello. for, thanks for being here. <laughs> There's already interruptions. You can laugh in the mic. It's okay. It's good, it's good to hear laughs. Just don't cough in the mic. Thanks for being on the show for a second time. Do you remember your first appearance? You remember what movie we reviewed? Nope. You don't even remember? <laughs> it was Tenet. Remember that Tenet movie? Oh, I don't remember because I fell asleep to it. Yeah. I, it was fun, though. It was me, you, and Nate actually recorded that all together. We did? Yes, we were in our living room at the old house. We recorded it just like this, sitting on our sofa. Huh. <laughs> so you not, not only forgot the movie, but also recording it. That's fine. And we actually have a second special guest making their first appearance on Movies on the Side, Miss Jessica Hall. Thanks for joining us. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And th- we thought this would be good because I have heard through the grapevine... Grapevine meaning Whitney, that this is one of your favorite movies. Is that true? Oh, gosh, absolutely. And I showed it to my kid, and he walked away saying it was a favorite. So I feel, as a mom, I've done good things. <laughs> okay, and so I assume you have seen this movie multiple times. Mm, that's a safe guess. Like, are, are we in double digits? I, I try not to admit um, my <laughs> obsessions. So no, that's good. Now, probably. <laughs> Whitney, did we see this movie together? Like, when we were dating or early married, maybe? Probably. This movie came out in 2004. So oh, don't it, date, don't date. I know, I know. It's, it's, <laughs> so old. That was basically a thousand years ago. We didn't know each other in 2004. We did not know each other. <laughs> but we might have seen, we, I'm, I feel like we saw it together. I think so. But then you watched it again recently. Yes. And so it's fresh in your mind. Because I clearly forget movies I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> and you forget talking about movies you have seen. <laughs> so that's good. So something Nate and I do is guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. So Rotten Tomatoes, there is a critic score, what critics rate the movie. And what audience rate the movie? So what would you guys guess critics scored The Phantom of the Opera 2004? I mean, I'm going to say the critics low rated it because I don't know how true it was to the original Broadway message. And of course, they, the cast was really like popular cast. So I don't know how they rated on a musical talent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ra- uh, I don't know. So low. <laughs> so what, what percentage did you guess? Ooh, I'll, I'll just go 20. 20%. What do you say, Whitney? 48. It's right in between, 33%. <laughs> Critics gave this movie 33%. What do you think audience gave this movie? I mean, Gerard Butler as the Phantom shoots it up to the top, so I'm going to go like, I'll be, I'll be uh, reasonable and say 90. What do you say? The part I don't like about it is Gerard Butler. So. <laughs> <laughs> we will get there for sure. Uh, what do you think audience gave this movie? 85. Super close, 84%. Audience score. That was a good guess. So yeah, audience rated it pretty high. I would like to read a couple comments from actual critics as we begin to review this movie. Michael Compton, one of the critics who rated this movie, said, Emmy Rossum, who plays Christine Daae, is a stunning beauty and very effective, but the movie's biggest problem is Butler. He comes off rather dull in a role that requires someone a lot more dynamic. One other critic (laughs) comment. 
This was Richard Propes from The Independent. As I was sitting in the auditorium alone watching this film, I kept looking around, hoping there was a chandelier above me getting ready to plummet to the ground. Yes. That is, that is the biggest missing element. That, but he wanted to be hit by the chandelier no. because he, he hated the movie so much. Aww. So this movie stars Gerard Butler and Emmy Rossum. So Emmy Rossum, she was a classically trained vocalist. Like she has sung opera. And so her performance, like it's her singing. It's all of the actors actually singing, but she's like a pro. Gerard Butler, he is probably the most divisive character. He did not have any singing lessons nor have sung pretty much in any professional capacity before this movie. Honestly, that's what I loved about it. Like, <laughs> here's this romantic comedy lead actor in this uh, trained vocalist role. And he actually hadn't been in a ton of movie. I mean, he's been in movies, but I think like 300 and maybe one other big one. But this was one of his breakout roles. Huh. And now he's been in a bunch. Like, we've seen him in End of the World movies and like Greenland and stuff like that. But also, fun fact, Emmy Rossum, Christine Daae, she starred in the Day After Tomorrow movie which was another end of the world movie, came out the same year. Really? They both came out in 2004. I only know her in this role. I don't think I've recognized her in any other role. She's not been in many movies since then, hmm. Like, but she had a musical career before this. So, so Jessica, you like Gerard Butler singing and <laughs> acting in this movie. And looking. Listen, I don't know if I'm really... <laughs> I'm mostly good. sticking with the looking. Uh, I don't think I knew him in... I didn't like his singing. I'm going to be honest. As you didn't vocal, like him singing in this movie? No, I just like to look at him. <laughs> oh, you are being super real right now. Okay, just very good. Really honest. Um, well, it's also because like the Phantom is known for this really deformed face. And I know the face of Gerard Butler. I knew it prior to this film. Maybe he wasn't a breakout to y'all, but I definitely was a fan of his before he came on this. So, and the way that he is most of the film with his mask on, you know, they're just putting it over his normal face. You can tell they're not actually doing anything underneath. So I'm symmetrically just finishing out the lines there. <laughs> and looking at you have a good Butler enough imagination to yeah. just see Gerard Butler. <laughs> mm -hmm. Honestly, it's, it's kind of fun. Roger Ebert, one of the most famous movie critics, you know, he died in 2013. But it's always fun to hear his reviews of some of these movies. He says the Phantom of the Opera used to be that the Phantom was like this garish, grotesque creature. And that was the story. And he actually says, I'll read what he says from his review. Roger Ebert says, what I essentially dislike about the film is the underlying material. I do not think Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote a very good musical. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Roger Ebert is super harsh. <gasps> yeah. But he says old Phantom of the Opera, I guess there was like a 1925 silent movie. It was almost more like scary. Because the Phantom was like ugly. And now he's like, the Phantom is basically a chick magnet because it's played by all these attractive <laughs> actors. And apparently that's true because that's how you feel. I am the chick that's <laughs> magneting <laughs> Gerard Butler, yes. Now, Winnie and I, we watched a supercut of Phantoms last night. All these different people from Broadway, Gerard Butler, and like other random people singing music of the night. And we heard like the high note kind of supercut. But I don't know. How did you feel after watching that supercut of all these other Phantoms? What did you think of Gerard's performance? I was surprised. I preferred his over most of the others. <laughs> I, did yes! I did too. I did too. And I was super impressed when I found out he started learning how to sing after being cast. Like that's right. much more respect. And like when we were watching the supercut, most of the Phantoms do like this super operatic, big vibrato high note. And it fits the theater thing, but I like the straight tone, the high note or whatever. I'm going to play a couple clips of different Phantoms and I'll end with Gerard Butler for our listeners. But yeah, I liked him too.
What did you guys feel about Emmy Wasson singing? So I grew up a fan of musical theater. I'd never actually seen the story. I was always something on like my bucket list. I want to go see Phantom of the Opera live. And the movie came out well before I ever did that. Um, so it was my first experience with that character. Not so much the songs. I had heard the songs before, um, and I forget her name, but I know she's famous. I've heard her all the time. The original uh, Charlotte. Um, and it is a very different sound. Like the way Broadway is performed is very different. So I yeah. liked the straight cut sound of the film version and, mm -hmm. and all the characters really. Yeah. So she was great. And I think even the actors, I remember watching something afterwards about how how much they appreciated standing alongside her. And they were, I think she raised the bar yeah. for the men as well to sing on her level. And that definitely brought a more to the film. All the critics basically said she kind of stole the show, like just because her vocal ability. Also fun fact about Emmy Wasson, she actually went to Andrew Lloyd Webber's house to audition for this movie. And he was actually part of picking her. So he apparently liked her too. What do you think of her, Whitney? She's fine. Glowing review. <laughs> I felt like, obviously she sang really well. She's like did opera before. I felt when she was acting and not singing, sometimes she gets a little bit of like that doe-eyed, like kind of glazed over look. Yes. So I don't know about acting wise if she was the best, but she was basically singing most of the time. So. Thank you for expressing my, she was fine. Okay. <laughs> so that's what you meant. I was interpreting. Yes. I was impressed with Raul though. I thought he sounded really good. Yes. Let's talk about him. <laughs> Raul, played by Patrick Wilson, mm -hmm. also had a singing background. So he, he came in this thing. But well, what do you, what do you say about Raul, Jessica? I mean, my favorite song of the entire film is the one that he sings with her, and I can't think of the name of it at the moment, but... Um, All I Ask of You? Yes. And he has such a great tone for that character. He really embodies this character well, the Prince Charming, you know, Knight in Shining, and his tone really fits it. And he is he has probably more acting chops, so he definitely carries that part of it well. Yeah. I liked it. I thought he was fine. What did how would you think of Raul Whitney? So watching Beauty and the Beast <laughs> as a little girl <laughs> when the beast turns into the human. Yeah, he's You're like, nah, give me the beast. <laughs> No, that's Raul. Oh. Yeah, he does oh. look like him. <laughs> and I like oh. feel it. <laughs> oh, I got you. I got you. I mean, I will, now that you say that, I'm thinking like, <laughs> I remember when the beast turned into a human, how how handsome he was. And he does fit that bill, that Prince Charming. Right. Yep, he fulfills. <laughs> All right. So so obviously we're going to do spoilers in this, in this review because this is a 17-year-old movie, <laughs> which is crazy. So my question to both of you is at the end of this movie, Christine Daae basically has to choose between Raoul or the Phantom. Apparently it's different in the book than it is in the movie. I guess she actually dies in the book. She's like accidentally shot, I guess, while during that whole like rescue thing or whatever. And so she dies in the Phantom's arms. Uh, like, yeah. So that's pretty wild, just the, the difference there. But Roger Ebert said, if Christine Daae was to choose in this version in this movie, any red-blooded woman would choose the Phantom over Raoul. <laughs> Even knowing what she knows now of the Phantom. Uh, Jessica, would you have chosen Raul or the Phantom at the end of this movie? I, I will admit 
the way that they they closed out the the final scene with Raul coming to rescue her, it, you know, at first it seems like he's doing this great job of being her hero. He's doing the best he can, you know. But the way he executes it is not as masculine as I would like it to be. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, earlier there's the the sword fight scene in the graveyard. And Raul like kicks butt in that scene. Yes. He actually beats the Phantom. I'm telling you, all awesome. up until that final scene, Raul's the man. Right. And then we get there and he's emotional and he needs Christine <laughs> to save him. And he's not paying attention to something as simple as a rope coming at his head. Like, come man, up. You that's what you're there for. But he sure sang with that rope around his neck. <laughs> he did. He did. While being choked, somehow he can still yes. breathe. Which we were kind of like skipping around last night around the last ending scenes. And like we skipped 15 seconds and he went from coming in heroically to rescue Christine and then being tied up against the grate. Yes, I have no idea so how it happened. <laughs> and Phantom wasn't even near. I don't know how that worked. but Plus, how many times did the woman say, keep your hand at the level of your eyes? That's she right. said it plenty of times. Which I read in the trivia of IMDb. That was from the novel because it was to protect yourself from getting the noose around your neck. You're supposed to keep your hand there. So if it goes around your head. You know. huh. yeah. I will say it did lead up to a super precious kiss on the phantom's face which you at that point you really just feel for him um they did a really good job of making you care for this villain you know right yeah so i guess if i had to choose really based i think on that final scene because of how anticlimactic raul's performance was i don't know when the phantom cry sings it's much more <laughs> it's I hit you in the even though you don't like his voice yeah but i like his face <laughs> <laughs> right, even right. even distorted you know i don't know all right so you go with the phantom i would go with the phantom okay. and it's probably more just related to how vulnerable he's being with himself like how much of himself he's really letting her see yeah his entire psychopath side he's letting, yeah, letting her see all of it Whitney, what would you choose the last scene who would you choose it's a hard decision. The psychopath side is pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, and Raul, I, I agree with that final scene. It was not, I don't know, he remember, was unattractive in that final scene. Remember the Phantom has a life-size model of you in his closet. <laughs> just, just, just remember that. But he writes songs to me in the <laughs> night. <laughs> the whole, like, he's been teaching her how to sing and pulling things out of her that she would have never found. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. vulnerable side that, I don't know, <laughs> like take away psychopath <laughs> go with phantom that's a big that's a big takeaway but i know okay but i think there's hope i'm maybe it's just like i don't know Winnie, if you feel this way but as like a woman what we love about beauty and the beast is your ability to turn the beast into someone softer and that's kind of what you see in phantom of the opera like he he's completely melted just by her one act of love you know she's brave and she takes this moment to kiss him and it breaks him, and that's what you want. Uh, fun fact about that crazy doll of Christine Daae in his closet, that was not a like mannequin. That was actually Emmy Wassum in like heavy makeup to make her what? look wax-like. Goodness. They apparently made a life-size model of her, and it didn't look anything like her. I guess it was just super weird. <laughs> and so that was actually Emmy Wassum in that my, shot. That, that's creepy. That, that, yeah. I think that creeps that's, me out that's more, more creepy. <laughs> more creepy than a mannequin that looks like her. No. But that, I think that's why it looks so much like her, but because it is actually her, just with heavy makeup. That's a fun fact. So we talked about like watching this with kids too. This movie is not. There are some weird sh- scenes in this film, like when it shows the phantom like, bringing. Like, I guess for storytelling wise, it's effective because you really feel like, oh my goodness, this person went through a lot. But I don't know. 
seems it's super weird. Now I did see it performed um, local in town. And I realized, like, first of all, watching it through, I was like, this is verbatim, the film, in a lot of ways, okay. which helped me follow the follow the storyline. But I, I, I don't think they actually tell the story of his childhood in the theatrical performance of it. So I liked hmm. that part because in film you can do more right. in storytelling than you can in really amazing stage changes. Um, of course, in film you miss the element of uh, a chandelier dropping over your head. <laughs> right, which apparently that really happened it was like a 1.2 million dollar chandelier and the fire in the theater at the end of the movie like was legit the director wanted to actually make it look super real so they burned the theater and filmed it as they were finishing the movie andrew lloyd weber was like part of the whole movie production and he actually composed the final song for the movie so i think it was it's going to be very accurate i I love the parts of the movie that show off the spectacle like costumes and sets the theater was a real thing that they burned down but masquerade i like that part i like that part but everything is it's beautiful to look at but that's one of the things roger ebert says is that he loved the spectacle of it and he actually gave it three stars even though he doesn't like the source material and he thought gerard butler wasn't a good singer he said just the visual aspect of the movie was good enough to be good and really recognizable characters like um minnie driver right minnie driver yes she played carlotta Mm -hmm. and all people that are not associated with singing you know i had seen paul wilson and i think some action movies as well maybe some rom-com i don't know but other than amy rossum who needed to be a trained singer for that role yeah the rest of them were not known for roles of singing and they did such a great job me imagining mini driver actually actually singing carlotta really i mean i i know the characters are shoving tissues in their ears because they're implying that she can't sing but i was impressed because i didn't know she could do that apparently mini driver did actually not sing the parts in the movie (laughs) well there you go (laughs) (laughs) something about i don't know like she can sing and she actually sings in the final medley but they had someone else voice the funny parts where she was just kind of being yeah one other fun fact this movie was actually supposed to happen in 1991 and it was going to star sarah brightman oh that's the original she, yes because she was from the original broadway version she was married to andrew lloyd weber at the time they were going to make it but they got divorced in 1990 and so it canceled the production for like 10 years and that's why we got it in 2004 i mean overall i like the movie I think it's fun. I mean, Gerard Butler, it sounds weird sometimes, but I think he's good. And I think the the sets and the pieces, like sometimes it feels a little overacting on Gerard Butler's part. Like it, especially he has to do a lot of recitative where he's like speak singing. Apparently he only speaks 12 lines in the whole movie. Everything is like <laughs> singing lines. So that I'm like, hmm. But overall, I think I like it. It's good. I would see it again. Do you, you feel that way, Winnie? I saw it again. You. <laughs> I mean, I've seen it again and again and again. But you, may, but since you forget movies, you basically see it for the first time every time. Right. It's exciting. <laughs> every movie is like new again. All right. So we typically rate a movie at the end, like a review on a scale of one to five. We typically choose some obscure object from the movie. I can't remember any small obscure object in the movie at the moment. We'll do a mask, half a mask, whatever that is. So Jessica, on a scale of zero to five half masks. How would you rate the 2004 Phantom of the Opera? 
I mean, I would, I, I <laughs> Gerard Butler obsession aside. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the ratings are subjective. It's how yeah. much you like the movie. So that's fine. I mean, I give it a full five. Mostly oh also because I'm to be, I one, I've seen it many, many times. Right. Two, it really sealed in me. I love a musical theater and that transition to film. And I don't, you know, aside from, I think you said Ebert giving it a rating that doesn't like the storyline i love the storyline um and i think there's a lot of nuance you know when you really every time i watch it you can find a new element of the story within the story being told and so i love all of that about it and i watch it over and over and i think i've even written songs related to the themes in the movie so yeah i can never tell like with christine's relationship with the phantom is it stockholm syndrome like is she in love because it's her captor or does she actually love him? Well, the scene that she does at the end where she's at the graveyard for her dad. And right. I, I think she's more the angel of music. She's totally associated with her father. And she's, you know, even where Raul is having to explain to her, he is, not, is not your father. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know so much about Captor as she's captivated and like mm-hmm. his, mm-hmm. the sound of him. She even says, I think the lyric is, you know, when you sing to me, it's you know, I have to, are you angel or are you phantom? You know, she's having to wrestle with the fact that she's associated the sound of his voice with something angelic and protecting, um, and an angel sent after her father died. So it's a struggle for her to realize that the voice she's hearing is not from a good person or (laughs) a good place. (laughs) Right, right. All right, Whitney, scale of zero to five, half masks. What do you rate this movie? Three and a half, four. (laughs) <laughs> okay all right any explanation why gerard butler <laughs> but what like is he does he gain the four points or is he sure bringing down do the point which is it i i would have liked a more proficient singer in that role not super operatic style probably more pop sounding okay i would have liked a little more believability from her a little more dimension to her character sounds like you're all in with patrick wilson even though you don't you don't go with him at the end. <laughs> Did you would you have wanted someone different for Raul or was he fine? Like I would I mean it'd be nice if he could do something different in that last scene. Yeah. Be the sword fighty guy. Not tied hey, up. Where in was grave. his sword? I mean, come on. <laughs> he was ill prepared. He was. And especially considering the whole purpose of her going out on a limb and singing his final opera was to catch the man. You had the goal of catching right. him and you were not prepared? I, sh- I thought the same thing and wondered why during the masquerade, Raul walks off from her when the Phantom is there. I, I didn't catch why he left and he came had to go back. Get his, he had to get his sword put on or something. He was wearing a costume, I think. Yeah, and then like that other theater lady was like telling him what to do to go down to the depths or whatever. I'm going to give it a, I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four half masks. It's fun to watch. I think we'd probably watch it again sometime, hear the music. And hearing the supercut, I was surprised how much I liked Gerard Butler's version. In some ways, though, do you think that adds to the character of the Phantom, who's, who is untrained, and he's considered to be just a genius, naturally gifted? Yeah, I think so. I think it'd be weird if when it's super operatic, which is obviously a trained type of singing, I think it does feel weird, you know. It's not raw enough for that character. So in the past, we have typically done like top fives in a relation to a movie. And I don't know if there's enough songs to do a top five, but I will ask, favorite song of the film and so some of the options are think of me you have the angel of music sung by the phantom the creepy one yep the phantom of the opera the 
title track, basically. <laughs> the Music of the Night. Again, Phantom singing that one. All I Ask of You, which is kind of the trio almost, and the Phantom ends that. And then you have Masquerade. It's a good song. The I would say the choreography in that one was a lot of fun in the movie, the way they do the fans and stuff. The wish, Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again. And then The Point of No Return, which is like the one... Yes, yes. So favorite song, Whitney. Music of the night. Music of the night. How come? That's what I thought when you said it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you do you like the Phantom High Note or is it because in that song I don't think anybody else sings. It's all Phantom. Hmm. Maybe I should re-listen to them. Yeah, we probably should have re-listened to them. (laughs) Feel it. Secretly possess you. Open up your mind, let your fantasies unwind In this darkness that you know you cannot find It's probably the orchestra parts. Mm, yes. I hear like one. the string section. Yes, it is very good. Okay. I mean, it's, it's starred on Apple Music, so I mean, it's a popular <laughs> song. Uh, Jessica, what would you say? Favorite song? I will, um, so... Past the point of no return was actually my ringtone on my phone forever. <laughs> That's intense. <laughs> I know. But um, I, I'd, favorite, I would have to say, is all I ask of you. And that's just mm. because it's major key and it's kind of a redeeming moment um, for Christine to have this man redeem her from this really dark sound. She's around all the time with the Phantom. So I uh, relate to a lot of the minor chord songs and the depth of them, but like I don't want to live there. So if I had to pick one song to live with, it would be All I Ask of You. I'm going to go with the title track, The Phantom of the Opera, because it's such an iconic chromatic line like any i think most people would recognize it Mm -hmm. and you have both the phantom and christine singing kind of a duet it's it's fun it's also super dark as nate would say like my soul and so (laughs) just drawn to that kind of music but uh yeah i'll go family opera Can, you can see the chandelier rising and you know it's yes. everything yes. iconic about that movie is in those it, i'm curious how those candles actually work how they come out of the water and then light themselves <laughs> as you said i don't know if it's supernatural lighting of the candles i don't know you know what i'm talking about yeah it's filmed in reverse but the boat is like floating in the water too <laughs> stagecraft <laughs> yeah, yeah. does it still remain one of your favorite movies jessica always always it is a go-to i i will say um showing it to the kids is definitely a you have to stop and think like all the things i love about this movie are probably not age appropriate as a family movie um there were yeah. moments in there i thought oh i forgot about this part um so the the concepts and the storyline is better understood from an adult um but I love everything about it. <laughs> Last question. If this movie were to be remade or a Phantom of the Opera be remade in like 15 years, maybe 20 years, who would you like to see 
maybe regardless of singing ability, let's just assume they could sing really well as the two title characters, the Phantom and Christine. I'm going to say as the Phantom, I would love to see an older Ewan McGregor play the Phantom, which if our listeners don't know, he was in the movie Moulin Rouge and a couple of like, he could sing. He's Obi-Wan. And he's Obi-Wan. <laughs> oh, wow. He does not sing as Obi-Wan, but yes, he is Obi-Wan. <laughs> he's wise and wonderful. But I think him as an older character... I think he would make a good phantom. And he's an amazing actor. I could go with exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think he would make a killer like 2027 20, version of the Phantom of the Opera. Vocally for Raul, I would go with Josh Groban. I don't think oh. and he's done some acting, but I don't know if he can carry that role of like Prince Charming, you know. When you do do you can you name any actors you would like to see in that role? Names. <laughs> Denzel Washington. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's a name I know. <laughs> Another one maybe Hugh Jackman as the okay. Phantom. Oh, I that's a that. that's a great fit. I think that would be that would be fun to watch. His height also helps. <laughs> I say bring back the Greatest Showman cast. Put Hugh Jackman as the Phantom. You put Zac Efron Ooh. as Raul. <laughs> yes. And then who was the the lady? Oh, Rebecca Ferguson Ooh. as Christine Daae. Yes. I think she didn't even good. sing that. So but she that didn't was... sing. Yeah, she couldn't. She wouldn't be able to. Oh, do it. But the lady that did was it Lauren All Allred. Yeah, whoever sang for her from The Greatest Showman, sing for her again in The Phantom. Any any female actors? Julia Roberts? Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. I was going to say Sandra Bullock. I don't we'll do a parody. She, I don't think she can sing. <laughs> nope. She'd have to get Lauren also to sing for her. Right, right. Well, thank you, Jessica, for joining us. Thanks for Whitney, having me. Thanks for joining us again. You're welcome. Comment on our Instagram at Movies on the Side. Let us know what you thought. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash movies on the side as well. Now, Typically, at this point in the show, or I say, as we always say, and it's kind of like an inside joke, we say something different at the end of every episode. Nate usually quotes the movie as like a final goodbye, some line. So I don't know if you could think of, you could sing or you could say something, Jessica, if you want to close out the Why show. Why am I drawing a blank all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> on the entire film I've seen so Typically, many as I am saying, like, follow us on Instagram or do this, he is like feverishly going through the quote section of IMDb. And trying to find like a good quote to end the show with. This is all inside baseball. None of our listeners know this. As we always say. You will curse the day you did not do. All the phantom asks of you. Very dramatic. Thank you. <laughs> We're doing a little podcast. Am I in it? Right now you are. You are currently. <laughs> <laughs>